0: This is the Commercial Appeal. (laughs)
1: Gets to the outside. Cut. Gets inside the five. He gallops into the end zone.
0: Touchdown, Tigers. All Tony Pollard in the offensive line. And now Control it's thrown into the middle. Picked off at the 30. He makes Down 30. the right sideline to the 20, to the 10. It's a pick six for Shenard Avery. And the score it's is... It's up the middle. Makes a man miss at the five. And backpedals into the end zone. 26 nothing. Control. Miller over the middle. Touchdown. Tigers, they can't take that away. 47-44, Memphis. What a play. They burned the slant all evening long.
1: Only a couple of times has Houston been equal. To
0: this the is the Panthers. Tiger Football yeah. Podcast
1: with Tom Shack. All right, what's up, y'all? We are back after a brief hiatus. Uh, a couple of nice clips there of guys that are coming back, but we're looking ahead now to, uh, to 2017, specifically the National Signing Day. Um, in studio with me today is our high school sports reporter extraordinaire, John Varlis. Uh, give a little lay of the land for both the kids that are coming to the University of Memphis and then just generally about um, kind of the recruiting scene in Memphis here generally. So, John, how's it going today?
0: Going good, Tom. How, how was uh, the Emerald Isle for you, buddy? Oh,
1: man, it was awesome. Yeah, so for those of you, uh, I guess you don't follow me on Twitter, I was in uh, Ireland for about two weeks uh, after football season, took a little vacation out there. So, it's weird being back to a world where everybody <laughs> doesn't drink Guinness but uh but it's it's okay it was a good trip and everybody's
0: obsessed with the comings and goings of 17 18 year old kids right <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it's 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 uh strange just to kind of dive back into it here but let's get to it we'll start with the news uh i guess the big news yesterday um nick robinson a four-star tight end who had previously been committed to memphis he's one of those oklahoma fab five guys decommitted in october um, there were three of them that decommitted, decided to recommit yesterday. So he took an official visit over the weekend. Was originally going to commit on signing day, ended up moving his his decision date up. He's going to be the third four-star recruit to to come to Memphis uh, in this in this recruiting class, joining TJ Carter and Obinna Eze. It's it's interesting, I guess, just kind of how recruiting has changed. I guess the University of Memphis and how it's grown. And I, and you know some people are big into stars and and rankings. And if you look at that sort of stuff, I mean, this is going to be one of the highly, arguably the most highly rated recruiting class just in terms of accolades ever come to the university and, and kind of speaking about stars john i want to start here you are obviously very big into the recruiting scene and follow this stuff very closely what is your uh, opinion i guess or take on on stars and in terms of the recruiting scene how, how much stock do people put into to rankings and what do you think about the
0: rankings i think Well, for me personally, I don't put a lot of stock into stars at all. I get out to the games and actually see the kids, talk to coaches, you know, and see what they can do. I talk, you know, talk to parents, talk to coaches, talk to, uh, you know, talk to scouts and things like that. People that run, you know, seven on seven and things like that. So I don't I don't put a lot of stock in the stars. I I think if you look at, you know, look at the NFL, there's so many guys that are stars in professional football that didn't have any stars coming out of high school. I mean, you know, maybe one or two stars. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. I think there's a stat where the majority of the Super Bowl starters were not highly regarded high school recruits. I think the most important thing than stars is just finding the right fit. And that's what these coaches tell these kids, you know, hey, just find the right school that's that's right for you. Find a good fit. Find a place where you can play, be productive, maximize your ability, and, and I think that's really most important than anything.
1: A, a couple guys coming to Memphis, so they have you know three, four stars, a lot of three star kids. Um, we can dive into that a little bit later, but I want to because c- we had you in studio, ask you about two of the local kids who both, if you just go by the recruiting services, I think they're both two stars on, on rivals and two four seven. You got Braylon Brown at Cordova, and then Tim Taylor at Easton. I know Tim, you, you followed quite a bit you know going up to the state title game and everything what can you tell Memphis fans I guess about those two players in, in particular both on and off the field what you know about them?
0: two really good players uh two really good kids I mean I love start with Braylon Brown I love his personality he's got a, a really open personality great quotes really you know really gregarious fun kind of kid and um You know, and and Tim, uh, you know, Tim is a little bit more soft-spoken, but, I mean, he's a terrific talent, terrific. They're both terrific football players. And, Tom, what I think is key with these two guys is I think these are the kind of guys you need with your program. They're going to stay four years. They're going to – get better as they go along and I think you know by the time these guys are juniors and seniors they're going to be really strong contributors to the University of Memphis and I think I think that's what you need to do you need to build the program build a good foundation with guys that are going to stay with the program you know and get better and progress as as their careers go on but I I think Tim in particular I think he's got a chance to really do some good things at Memphis at the running back position I know they got a lot of backs coming back I know that's a, a deep position for them right now but um, you know, in time, I think I think Tim and Braylon are going to really be contributors at Memphis.
1: What are their strengths? Just in, in what you've seen, you know, and and I hate to kind of pigeonhole guys as like Tim as a as a speed guy versus a power guy, or, or Braylon as a pass rusher versus a run defender. But if you just kind of had to sum up their strengths and and. Some of the things that stood out to you as you've covered them over the years. How, how would you do that?
0: Yeah, well, Braylon is is really good against the pass and the run. I mean, Cordova had an outstanding defense this year. You know, they were uh, twelve and two. They made it to the semifinals in the largest classification. The only two games they lost were to Whitehaven, which won the state championship. And, and you know, and they did a lot of that on the back of their defense. And, and Braylon was a huge part of that. I mean, he's a uh, you know big kid, uh, good speed, good footwork, good technique. And and he's really solid against, um, you know, the run and the pass. As for Tim, you're right, he is a speed guy. He's one of the fastest guys in town. Um, But I think, you know, getting into a college weight room, getting, you know, maybe 10, 15 more pounds on him and not losing some of that great speed. I think you're going to have a really quality AAC runner and and a player that, you know, can maybe contribute on special teams as well earlier in his career. So I'm
1: also interested, kind of, and obviously somebody who's covered high school sports a long time, in the area, how the scene has kind of changed over the years. And I guess kind of on one hand, just in terms of the, the talent that's in the area, do you think that there is more talent in the area than maybe there was five, ten years ago? Do you think the talent is growing, or how would you assess, I guess— just generally kind of the talent pool that schools like the University of Memphis are trying to to pick from?
0: I think the talent pool is, is maybe growing, but what I think is more important even than that, Tom, is the fact that the talent is getting recognized. I think the high school coaches do a fantastic job of, Of getting these kids to camps i know there's coaches for example that will pack up a few guys in a car and drive them to camps over the summer you know drive them down to alabama drive them to auburn or wherever and just you know just take a look at the campus meet the coaches you know get a get a feel for what you know a college campus is like and i think that's so important and, and I think it's key that the coaches here in this town work together because it's a collective thing. You know, they maybe they don't have a kid at their school, but, you know, they say, hey, I know a kid over here who's, who's pretty good. Why don't you go take a look at him? It, it's really a collaborative effort. And I think the talent combined with the coaches working together to get the word out to the college coaches, I think that's increasing the profile of kids in Memphis. And and then another thing, too, is the success that, you know, some Memphis kids are having in in college. You know, guys like Darius Sims at Vanderbilt or Donald Gray at Mississippi State, real talented wide receiver from White Station. DJ Palmore at Navy that AAC fans are familiar with. You know, he's going to be the captain at Navy this year, really good linebacker. You know, you see these kids having some good success, and, and I think that just breeds it, perpetuates it. And then, how has Mike Norvell,
1: obviously, this is his first full recruiting cycle? he He came in last year two months or something before signing day, kind of had to throw things together. Now that he's been kind of in the area and working with high school coaches for for a year, um, how would you I guess describe his philosophy, I guess, or or how has has anything changed, I guess, in in terms of how he's interacted with local coaches? As opposed to how Justin Fuente or or Larry Porter or past coaches have done
0: it, I think I think I think Coach Norvell is doing a lot better job of that. I know for a fact that you know some of the coaches have told me that you know they've already seen more of Mike Norvell than they've seen of past coaches in 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 town. I know a coach at a school where you know, traditionally has a lot of good college type talent. And he said, you know, some past coaches never, never darkened his door. You know, he never saw him. And I think it's, I think it's so huge, especially with the younger players. Now you're getting into my wheelhouse time. I'm getting wound up on this one. But, (laughs) you know, I, I think my thing is, you know, if you're a young player in Memphis, if you're identified as a talent and you're a freshman, a sophomore, you know, I think it's so huge for Memphis to be your first offer whether you know whether you end up signing with memphis or not this is something that these kids remember so if you're a really talented ninth grader for example a Darren Turner at Central, for example, or if you're a a Travis Hopper at Central who's an all American and you know, a sophomore all American on Max Preps. It is so important for Memphis to get in there and make that first contact. Even if you don't end up going to Memphis, it's just so important for him to establish that relationship, make that first contact, make that first off. Cause there's kids coming up behind that'll see that. I mean, there's just constantly players coming through the system. And I think that's I think that's really key. And I think that's something Coach Norvell's doing a better job of that past coaches haven't done.
1: Well, and it's interesting. That's something that he did even going back to Arizona State. Like when he was hired, some of the stories that were coming out about about him as a recruiter is that he would go, you know, to all these games and and he was standing on the sidelines of games like I think John Pop Williams might have been one, you know, where he said, I remember back when I was a freshman and a sophomore and he was out of my games. And there's just a familiarity that that, you know, and a comfort level that comes from seeing the people around all the time. And I think that goes for coaches as well as, as players. I think that's that's interesting. So now that you mentioned some younger guys, obviously we're, we're kind of heavily focused on 2017 here, and it's it's easy to get caught up in what's what's going to happen now, who are the guys that are going to contribute now. But I know Norvell and, and his staff are already working on 18, 19, 20. Who are some of the guys locally, um, I guess, A, that Memphis you think would be a good fit at Memphis or, or Memphis is targeted, and B, some of the guys that, that people should know that are going to be household names, I guess, in the area in a couple of years.
0: There, there's four guys that I think are really huge coming through. Uh, three of them are sophomores and one is a, a ninth grader. I mentioned the ninth grader just now, Darren Turner. He's mm-hmm. got a an offer from uh, Ole Miss already and an offer from Tennessee. He's a receiver at Central. He's already about 6'3 and about 190 pounds. He didn't have the standout stats this year because Central rotates their receivers. He played just as much as anybody. They had about seven, eight guys they threw to. But he is a really, really talented receiver, huge prospect. I think he's going to explode on the camps this year and, and do really well. Then you got your your three sophomores. All these guys won Mr. Football this past year. you got Dorian Hopkins, the linebacker at MUS, Travis Hopper, who I mentioned, the big defensive tackle. At Central, sophomore All-American on Max Preps, and then you got Eric Gray from Lausanne, the running back. He's got offers already from Mississippi State, Miami, I believe West Virginia. People like that are already involved. Forty-two touchdowns this year as a tenth grader. Undefeated Lausanne team, state champions. You know, really, really good running back potential. Probably to be one of the best running backs that's ever come out of Memphis. I mean, he's just a phenomenal talent. And, and then, of course, you know, in in the class of 2018, Caleb Johnson from Maz another really good running back. Uh, you know small school, but, you know, Caleb's got some interest already from people like South Carolina. And I think, you know, when he gets out on the camp circuit this summer, I think, you know, his stock is really going to take off. He's a 5'10". Two hundred pound, you know, kind of bowling ball type, and and I think you know I think any one of those guys would be good fits at Memphis, and I, you know, and I think like I said before, I think it's just so important to identify the local talent and build that fence around Memphis. Obviously, we've seen past coaches get in trouble with this in basketball, in particular. You don't recruit everybody from Memphis; you can't do that. Right. But you know, identify the best ones, keep them at home, and and uh, you know, build that fence around here.
1: So, moving back to I guess U of M football real quick. A couple thoughts on some of the guys that are already. Committed that I am pretty high on watching a lot of film. There's a guy, Mikhail Hill, who's an offensive lineman uh, out of Louisiana, who, you know, offensive linemen don't get a lot of love, uh, but he's a, he's a three star. He's a guy that could come in and contribute right away and, and is pretty solid on Memphis. Obviously, everybody talks about the, the four stars Nick Robinson, TJ Carter, and, and Obina Eze. But another guy I think that hasn't gotten a lot of love, and and you, uh, John, actually, with all vacation, wrote about him is Landre Thomas, the the quarterback. I think he's a really interesting kind of player, where he's he's really really mobile. He's not a traditional quarterback in terms of arm strength and and poise in the pocket and everything. But as you see, kind of college football shift towards, um, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson or or Greg Ward Jr. or Quentin Flowers. I mean, especially in this conference, you've seen a lot of those guys who might be a little undersized or non-traditional type of quarterbacks, I think he really fits fits that mold um and and I think that 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 was a, a good pickup for Memphis while I was, while I, was I, gotten there.
0: I think so too and I actually you know in your in your absence I actually kind of immersed myself in LaAndre Thomas videos and things <laughs> like that to bone up on him yep. and you know and he just from what I can see I mean everybody's highlight tape is great but he looks like a fantastic athlete somebody that could maybe help at various positions if they decide to move him around but yeah I, I think he's going to be a good one for the Tigers I really do I mean his, his numbers were phenomenal this year
1: Yeah, so those are some of the guys, I guess, that I liked in in this class. But I wanted to ask you, again, just kind of locally, people around the area, you're interested in Memphis, but you're also interested in kind of the high school talent that's going to turn into something down the road. So who in this class do you think has the best chance to be you know, future star at the, at the college level, possibly at the professional level. Is there anybody that stands out from, from this class?
0: Well, the one that, you know, obviously comes to the front of my mind has got to be Cordarian Richardson. I mean, you look at the, the running back from Tresvent, you know, two-time state champ, Mr. Football this past year, he was committed to Clemson for the longest time. And, you know, around Christmas time, he decided to reopen his commitment. And now it looks like possibly Ole Miss is the favorite. I know he was down there last weekend for an official visit. I know, uh, you know, he's visited Oregon as well and some other people, but, I, you know, it looks like Ole Miss might be the team to beat at this point. And, and Tom, when you look at, you know, Cordarian and you look at some of the college backs that have had success in recent years, guys like Leonard Fournette, you know, Derrick Henry at, um, you know, Alabama. I think he's you know, I think he's that type of running back. I you know, I had somebody say, well, is is he getting too big to play running back on the on the college level? You know, right. I d I don't think you can I don't think if you're talented like he is, you can be too big to play running back on the college level. You know, he's a bruiser, hard nosed runner, six feet about two hundred and twenty pounds. I think that's just perfect. I think if you were drawing up a running back from scratch, I think you'd you know you'd come up with Cordarian Richards and Richardson. I think he's gonna be a really big star You know, provided he stays injury-free and all that, obviously. Um, Then you look at guys like Chase Hayden from St. George's going to Arkansas. I think he's got a real chance to be special. Uh, A kid that um, is just a darn good football player uh, from White Station is named John Lyons. Um, And I think he's got a chance to really be a, a productive player at Air Force, you know, similar in the DJ Palmore mode. You know, he played every position for White Station. He played quarterback. He played wide out, tight end, linebacker, played in the secondary. It's just a matter of finding a good fit for him, but he is a tremendous football player. So I, I think a lot of these kids have a chance to be talented. I think Quentin Bohanna has a great chance to – uh to be talented too, you were you and I were talking off the air about you know Memphis might be trying to flip him from Kentucky. Right, I mean, right. you know, and if they could do that, you know, here's a, a six, four, 280 hundred eighty pound lineman who's been all state for three years in the in the largest classification. I mean, that's a huge get. You know, if if they can if they can you know get him off of Kentucky,
1: it's interesting. Kind of as we get down in the home stretch here, a lot of the decisions have been made, but there are guys like you know like a like a Bohanna or, or a bunch of guys who are just kind of thinking might be rethinking or might be considering different things. Who are the thing the guys, I guess, that you were watching as as National Signing Day? Is there any any sort of is there is there gonna be any big ceremony where where there's a top prospect locally who nobody has any idea where he's gonna go and there's gonna be a big thing? Or or is everything locally pretty much Pretty much settled
0: everything's locally pretty much settled i mean all the main guys committed to juan mason the uh the the talented defensive end from uh tresvent committed to rutgers uh a day or two ago uh, you know the only one out there that really hasn't made his thoughts public is, is cordarian richardson and and mm-hmm. i think um you know tom uh you're a young guy i'm a lot older than you are but you know back in the day signing day was full of mystery you would not know where People are gonna sign, you would go and the hats would be on the table and it would be a, you know, it would be a big surprise. Now these kids are, you know, guys like Chase Hayden and and uh, you know, some of the other guys, they've com- been committed for a long time and and there's not a lot of mystery in signing day. Signing Day is a real formality for a lot of these kids. But, you know, it is interesting this year. We might have a little bit of suspense with Cordarian Richardson to see what he's gonna do since it's, you know, getting late in the game and and he's still out there.
1: And you think Ole Miss is is the favorite? That's what I I've been reading is that Ole Miss is kind of the that, that's the just in the what clubhouse. I've been
0: reading. I've not talked to him, uh, you know, since the state championship. And um, but yeah, that the sense I get is that he he kind of likes Ole Miss. I know there were some pictures on social media. He looked really he looked like he was a really happy fit down there. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's there's no way to know, and there's no way to predict what a an 18 year old kid's going to do.
1: So That's worth watching locally in terms of the University of Memphis. A couple guys to keep an eye on. Um, Tannis Joseph is a two-star lineman who's going to take an official visit this weekend. Um, his decision's probably going to come down to the wire there. And then two guys who had previously been committed to the university and could recommit, uh, O'Brien Goodson is a three-star defensive tackle out of Batesville, Mississippi, uh, South Panola. He's a, he's a guy that took an official visit over the past last weekend, I guess, and, and could recommit. And then Javarius Owens, another one of those Oklahoma kids, a three-star safety, um, out of Southmore. He's another guy to keep an eye on. Um, as we approach signing day here we will have updates um, on those guys everything that happens locally everything that's going on at the university of memphis from a recruiting standpoint in the next couple days national signing day is wednesday and we'll have all of your coverage there as well Uh, for john barless tom shag commercial Peel, thanks again for uh for listening
0: take the ca wherever you go Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Commercial Appeal.